Cool. Yeah. So we're live. This is the Breakdown Podcast brought to you by the Football Supplement. This is episode three. Um, thank you to those who have tuned in already. Um, I see there's people, I don't know if you, you guys would know, um, I'm talking about you on the panel here. Um, there's people that have been listening and downloaded our podcast from all over. So I see somebody in Belgium, I downloaded it. I see someone in, a couple of people in America, do you know what I mean, in Ireland as well. So just if you're listening to this and you're from wherever, um, give us a follow on our Instagram, um, at the football supplement. Because um, obviously we'd like to chop it up with you about football and stuff. Obviously give us a like on Instagram. Um, give us a like on YouTube, sorry. Give us a follow on Instagram, obviously, and let's connect. So um, that's obviously, um, it's good to have people listening, do you know what I mean? But anyway, episode three. Um, we're focusing on tactics. We're having a conversation on tactics. A lot of the times when people were talking about football, the kind of the difference really um, is that some people talk about football in terms of who won and who lost, but obviously there's more to it than that. Um, when you talk about tactics, everyone's got their opinions on what's gone wrong and whatever. So we're just going to delve into some tactical, um, tactical information really, and looking at um, you know what should what should come first? Should you choose the players first and then choose your tactics? Or should you choose your tactics and then think about, um, you know, what players you're going to get into your club and um, which one is best? And then obviously we're going to talk about our worst and our best formations. And I know that's going to get very interesting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I see, T. I see you smiling already. So, <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, obviously, we've got the full um, the full squad here. Um, obviously, Kofi's here. What are you saying, Kofi? Yeah, I'm all good, bro. All good. All good, um, all good. Weekend, but, yeah, man. Key. Obviously, Mr. Sporting Director's here. Yeah, what are you man. saying? I'm- I'm good, man. Just you know, let me take my hat like like that coffee. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, That's it, boy. Glad, glad to be here, you guys. Cool, man. Like T, what are you saying? Another one, man. Another one. Let's keep it going, bro. Next week, no, nah, I need to cover. I need to get a head covering, bro. I feel left out, man. You're on top of your trims, mate. That's why. That's all it is, bro. I'm telling you, that's all it is. Self care Sundays as well, bro. Self care Sundays. Oh man, it's mad, it's mad, it's mad. All right, cool. Um, obviously, yes. Let's just get straight into it. Like, obviously, you know, like when you're when you're like when you talk about football to people, obviously people talk about tactics and whatever. A new manager comes into a club, yeah. And oftentimes, the first thing is like, oh, what's your philosophy? Which way are you going to play? And then some managers or some some setups, it's like, oh, these are the... It's like one one side, they're going, what's your philosophy? On the other on another side, from the fans' point of view, it's like, oh, why is it so-and-so playing? Why is it so-and-so playing on the pitch kind of thing? So it's kind of open question and we'll just free-flow it anyway. What do you think should come first? Should it be that when a manager comes into a club or inherits a squad, he should assess the players... And then pick what's what system is gonna he or she's gonna play, um, or is it the other way around? Actually, that no matter who is at this team, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. This is this is the way I'm gonna play, and you have to just adapt your game to what I'm supposed to do. So I will just open the floor, and whoever wants to kind of go first as to which is their preference of the two. 
boy. Um, so uh, it's a it's a bit of a mad one because I think it depends on the caliber the caliber of coach slash manager that's actually in charge. So, uh, in my opinion, if you're a rookie coach, um, you should play to the player's strengths. So, uh, so in terms of your own ideas and your own philosophies as a rookie manager, they're not set in stone. You don't even know what you should even really be playing or what your actual strengths are. You don't know yet. So in my personal opinion is you look at the players, go and look on Google, go and look on YouTube, watch a few compilations of a few players in that, know where they play and play them in those positions. Don't go and then be playing and dilly-dallying with positions and trying to get cute and smart. If you're not if you're not about that and you don't have that CV, don't do it. That, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll unpack it, but let's just state our, our individual kind of thing. Go ahead, Jay. Which way do yeah, you, you stand? I, I think I would go one step further and I would say that you've, you've got to play to the players you have strengths, even if you are an elite manager. Um, I think we've seen numerous examples of actually even elite managers coming in and eating a bit of humble pie to begin with because they've enforced their um, their philosophy or their way of their way the, the way they think that they should the team should play they've enforced it um, straight away and eaten a bit of humble pie so for example I think even when Pep first came to Man City it was it was good to begin with and then um, you know they ended up I think finishing fourth I remember if I remember correctly or finishing third um and when you look at that season um he came in and he has his way of his way of playing and um he put it in straight away but there's some plays that he had um i remember Kolarov, maybe sagna cliche these kind of guys who didn't um suit suit the system um and ultimately he was on the end of a few whoopings (laughs) so um (laughs) that's one example i think um You've got other other examples as well, like Frank De Boer at, um, at Crystal Palace um, as well was a good example. Um, again, before Frank De Boer came over, he was heralded as a you know a really good coach. He'd won I think five River these days with um, with Ajax. So I, I think that I'm with I'm with Kofi on this, um, but I would open it up to all managers. I think you need to come in assess the players that you have but also see what the what the ownership of the club what they what they're looking for if it's results then it's results right um if they say yeah we want to play this that this this way of playing for example like you know a pep way then cool but have they got the appetite for that for what it's going to take have they got the mm. the money that it will take to bring those kind of players in have they got appetite for mishaps as well um whilst they're learning a new way of playing um, so I think definitely initially when you come, you definitely got to play to the player's strengths and then you can perhaps go from there as you go forward. Mm. You've got to have, basically, I think as a manager, from a manager's point of view, you've got to have a long-term view um, and look at it in phases and that mm-hmm. would make for a successful manager. That's what I would say. In there. Cool. Cool. T, what are you saying? What is it? New manager comes in. Should you look at the players? Or should he say, no, this is what I did my this is what I did my coaching badges. Yeah. So you guys are gonna learn this. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny one. You know what? Um 
I'm with the guys, unfortunately, in terms of going back and forth. But yeah, I'm with the guys, man. Because I think we, we've seen a lot of examples where rookie rookie managers, like, like Kofi mentioned, that, you know, in particular, we've seen Arteta, we've seen Pirlo, you know, guys like this who've come in and they're like, yo, I'm playing this way. This is the system, you know, it's either you like it or you lump it sort of thing. And how's it worked out for them so far? You know, um, it's not it's not gone too well. So I think with anything, it's not even just, just football. I think it just makes it makes sense like to go in there and have an open approach. You know, I really like what um what for example uh Tom Thomas Tuchel's done. Like going going to Chelsea straight away and he was like, Look, everyone's gonna have a chance. Um We've seen it straight away. For example, Tony Rudiger's back in the side. He was shut out completely um, under Lampard. He's he's arguably in the form of his life. Um, you've got Alonso and stuff as well. Um, he's come back into the side, keeping out Chilwell. And you know Chelsea look 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 brilliant at the moment. They they look formidable. So I guess for me, I think you you kind of you kind of kind of spiting yourself if you, if you're if you're a manager going into a setup and you're and you're hard nosed and you're saying no nah, listen this is my system and whatever I think there's a there's a there's a balance you gotta have an ethos you gotta have okay like this is my ethos this is this is how I like to see football played but it's got to be adaptable and I think it's got to be adaptable to the skill sets of the players. But what about so obviously I hear what you guys are saying but what about like what about managers that come into struggling sides? <clears throat> Like you're coming into a side that's losing, like so. Obviously, we know at the top of the table, the players are normally good enough to adapt, you know, to 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 different situations. They've probably downloaded a lot more data and seen a lot more scenarios. But what about lower down the leagues? Like, if a manager, because I'm not going to lie, if a manager comes into a struggling side, I'm not going to lie. I do want to see a manager come in with 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 a philosophy and a way of playing. Like, but that philosophy. It doesn't need to be some long-winded... And obviously, when we say the word philosophy, sometimes, you know, we're, we're thinking about pass and move, pass and move. Nah, sometimes the philosophy can be the long ball. Long mm. ball, second and third balls. And that might not work if you've got smaller players and you're trying to get them to, you know, um, kind of, you know, win all the 50-50s and stuff. So what about lower down the league, like? Do you get what I'm saying? That's my only thing I would say against it, is that if you're lower down the league and you're losing or whatever, you can say the strength to the players. But if the players are losing... And they got a loser's mentality. Maybe they that's what they need, though. Maybe they need someone to say, you know what, you come here and you play there. And you know, like, where you can see certain players and certain players have been frozen out. And it's usually quick players. I always find this, you know, players with pace who can come on and change the game and that, yeah? In some of these lower sides, you think, what? And a new manager comes in and just says, you know what? No, you can play up front or you can play over here. And all of a sudden, it's like, that just unlocked their whole season. Do you know what I mean? So that's the only reason why I would just, I'll pose that out to you, like, do you not feel like for t- sides that are lower down, they probably need a bit of philosophy or now, system? You know someone tell them to what the system's going to be. You know what? And I, I'm glad you added that context because just as and as the lads was talking and we we're putting out our points, I even thought about that because obviously it depends on the, the calibre of team and where they're at. So it's not just the calibre of manager now. We're talking about the calibre of team as well. So if, if they're a struggling team and what they've been doing hasn't worked out, then clearly they, they, they can't argue that this is their best position. So someone else coming in who has that CV of being able to do well and pick up a struggling squad and turn them about, naturally, if the players have any sort of thing about them, they're going to want to be open to new ideas 
or you know or new whatever basically so yeah them coming in um I mean, we've seen it work. Sam Allardyce has done it countless times with, with players. Um, you know, he even got a tune out of um, West Brom at some point. Do, do you know what I mean? I mean, he's, he switched it up. Um, you know, he got Pereira playing in a the, in the deeper position, for example, when he came in. But he, in the end, he got a tune out of him. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know where Pereira is now. I think he's gone abroad somewhere. But, it, yeah, you know, we, 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 yeah, well, we digress. But <laughs> uh, um, it, it's... Yeah, it's a really good point that you raise. It is a really good point you raise. Um, what I say, it's just one. It's just one of them ones, man. Like, if if you're a struggling side, I mean, who are you to who are you to say no? I don't want to do it your way when you've been doing nonsense prior. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, because even like when you talk about like young coaches and whatever, yeah, like young coaches, they'll sometimes they'll come with a philosophy. Obviously, one of my favorite managers, Brendan Rodgers, Yeah. This guy, he comes with the, he came with the philosophy. You know what I mean? He comes with the philosophy. He comes to a team, and obviously, he he he's gonna imprint himself upon those players. And actually, he does have a good record of improving players. You know, making players better. Um, and you know, you can you can just see with a lot of his sides, they're gonna play a certain way. You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like when a play, when a young coach has done their badges and has done their homework, it's so it's it's a bit of a conflict sometimes because you're just like, you know. I want, I want to do it this way. Do you know what I mean? Like the reason why I took the job, oftentimes a manager would have done a presentation to the board or whoever to say, this is my philosophy and this is my ethos. And the club will have accepted that, listen, this is what we're getting. Um, but obviously, as we know, it's a results business. So this is why it's kind of like the, the two. So if it was me to personally choose, I probably would say, I feel like if you are, if you have money, if your club has got money, then you should go down the philosophy route. If your club does not have money, big man, <laughs> you better start learning. Those diagonals. Better start learning. There you, you go. Better no, start I agree, doing man. Those shuttle runs. Do you know what I mean? Because like I'm, I'm thinking of managers who I rate. I rate Sean Dash. Yeah, I rate him. I like that guy because he's the four four two. Yeah, it's there's no messing about. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Squeeze. There's no space in between the defence and the midfield. The two forwards work as a dovetail. Their tactics are the same. They just get the ball wide and whip it in the box, bro. It's just very it's just very straightforward. Whoever comes to Burnley, this is what you're going to do kind of thing. And if Sean Dyche was to go somewhere else, I would probably... I feel a bit funny if he was if he was not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, uh, man. I'm not sure with that, actually. I think, yeah, I was just gonna say, just as a side point as well. Um, if you look at like, for example, Manchester United since Fergie left, they've had a wide like span of managers that have come in who offer different, um, or who, who play different philosophies. So you've had Moyes there, you've had Van der Hal there, you've had Mourinho there as well, and now obviously we're, we're at Oli. Um, and they've all come in to imprint um, their their philosophy on Man United. Um, and Man United, obviously, as we know, is a big club, has a lot of money. Um, and I think it'd be fair to say all those managers have probably been backed somewhat. Um, but they've all... It's all questionable uh, with them how successful they've been uh, with, the, with imprinting their philosophy and their way of playing the game. Um, so, 
Van Hal was let go of. Was he actually officially sacked? I can't remember. But he, I think he yeah, won the break up. He was, that yeah. one, and he was sacked. Um, Mourinho won is it Europa League and another another trophy as well. He was also sacked midway through. Um, and Moyes, it was even worse, right? Um, so I think that <laughs> I think that you know, if you if you, even if you're a club that's got money, yeah, and you come in. Um, and you're able to get the players that you want, it's still a bit of a tricky one when it comes to um, saying, right, this is my philosophy, this is what I'm coming to imprint, um, and I need this, this and that player, and um, still the success is not guaranteed, if you like. Mm. Um, you get, you can get, like, a, like an example of Man United, you can get trophies in that, but um, it doesn't feel like none of those guys have been a success, been a success, if you like, on um, how the Fans, I think the fans weren't really happy with Van Gaal. Some fans maybe, some fans, most fans not. There was moaning about the way they played. It was boring. Um, with with Mourinho as well, there was a big you know divide amongst the players and a big divide amongst the, um, the fan base. Double thing as well. Was well like, what, what was going to say? Sorry to cut you. What 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 about if your philosophy is actually progressive though? Because sometimes when you know, like in football, we got one philosophy and we're thinking about playing it across the back. You know, you know, I love you know it's my favorite thing to do. You know, play the ball across your own box and stuff like that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what what about your philosophy is not that? What if part of your philosophy is a bit you know a bit more robust? Is it like Klopp when he came into Liverpool? When I you know what I mean you had them doing. You know, bleep test. You know what I'm saying? He he yeah. got them. He got them playing a certain way, or he imprinted a certain way. And he said it's going to take a couple of years. So it's going to take a couple of years. But he essentially said, "Listen, this is what I do." You know, we came with these whole tactics. Was it called gen gen pressing? Was it called? What, what, how do you pronounce Gengen. it? Gegen pressing. There you go, Gegen. That's that's it. He brought that's that, it. and he said, "Yeah, that's, that's me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's true. But you know what? You see, you see somebody, you see someone at Klopp, yeah? Um, obviously, he, when he was at Dortmund and, and Mainz, he played a 4-2-3-1. So he, he's shown a bit of a, a flexibility in his approach because at Liverpool, we know his thing is functional. His thing, the midfield is functional. They they do their job. Like, everybody knows. And it's a 4-3-3 at Liverpool. So it's quite different. Even though with him... He, he's obviously got the, the, the counter press. That's his, that's Klopp. Like, wherever he goes, he's going to take that. But he's shown that tactical, that tactical nuance, sorry. Um, so with him, he, he's been very cute in how he's tried to implement. Because that, that 4 2 3 1 didn't really drop at Liverpool like, when he first tried it. Mm. Yeah, um, I think... yeah, go on, Jay, No, no, you go. Okay. Do you know what? I, I was going to switch it off of Klopp. So if, if, your, if your point was on Klopp, then. No, 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 it's not a clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you know, no. I, I, I can't remember who... I, I think it was Kofi who mentioned Aladas. Or was it Mark? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, Aladas is an interesting one, you know, because because we, we know when Aladas takes over at a club, we, we know what time it is, but he always demands money. Let's not let's let's not get it twisted. He obviously has his... He obviously has his philosophy. We, we all know what, 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 what Sam's about, but he's actually switched up as well. Because remember... Um, at Bolton, his thing was completely different. Do you know it I mean? was, he, it he, was. He, he had a lot of cultured footballers. He, he, he had a lot of technicians, Ivan Campo, Hiero. But they were still playing the same way, though. They're still playing bro, that. It was still a Sam Allardyce team, bro. Joe Kaya, bro, them man could, 
they were not hitting flanks. They were they were actually popping it about. You know, you know what? To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, I, I'm gonna come in on that and I'm gonna say they did play the long ball. They did because they played it into Ped- is it Pedersen? Exactly. Yeah, locks. Yeah, yeah. And then before that it was Ricketts. You know, ones. Ricketts. And then and then and then Nolan running in running onto the running onto them balls bro, as well to contribute. Even the side, bro, even you know, like they, they they got the ball. They did get the ball. And this is the thing with Sam Allardyce. This is what I'm saying. Sam Allardyce, he doesn't just play the long ball. It's one yeah. of the ones where, for him, he cuts out the chance for you to ever catch any of his teams with the ball at the back because they're not they're not, they're not not building up slow. He's, he, do you know what I mean? His thing is just, it's going to go into the final third all the time to get on Genese and try and win your second and third balls. And remember, Sam Allardyce is, is big on the stats, you know? He's big yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. He, you know. He's, yeah, he's concreting. He's, he's, he's yeah, he's big, he's big on the stats. He's big on the stats. He's big on percentages. He, he looks at a lot of that data and stuff. He he does a lot of data-driven stuff. So it's just like, say, for example, Sam Allardyce takes over. Let's just pretend he was to take over Arsenal, for example. Obviously, it's not a good fit. In, you know what I'm trying to say? But I'm saying in a manager like that situation, what does Sam Allardyce do? Does he say, okay, this is who Arsenal have got, so therefore now we're gonna have to start passing and moving. Or does he say, "Nah, Ben White, you're just gonna have to learn to just win this ball in the air." That's that. I don't care if you can pass. You're gonna have to win this ball in the air. What does he do in that situation? I reckon Allardyce goes in there, and he's 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 looking at the thought of the side. So straight away, are we conceding goals? What we're conceding goals? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Where are we conceding goals? Where is it? Is it because we're playing the ball around at the back? Are we losing our aerial duels? Are we not winning second balls? And then he addresses that straight away. That's that's what I think he does if he mm-hmm. if he goes in at Arsenal. Like no two ways about it. There's no like he's he's not taking any chance on Ben White. No way. No way. No way. He's gonna look at that very very it's 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 obvious, it's straightforward. He's gonna look at it and he's gonna think, well, okay, Ben White versus Ivan Tony or Ben White versus um Whoever, if if they have like a physical advantage over him, nah, not playing, mate. Sorry, I'm getting someone who's going to win the aerial duels and win those second balls. I'm not risking that. Can I just say there there is no one else, though? Are you? <laughs> I, 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 I'm just I'm just saying. Oh, what, oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh. because Babylon Murray <laughs> and Holding. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. Nah, that is is techie. Do you know what I mean? But I think I think I think I think Sam will come in and I think what T T saying basically is Sam will look at it and then think, no, nah, I need a defender who can do this, this, and that. This is what's important to me. Um, if it's if it's not mid season, that's that's what he's coming to do. He's not even going to wait around for that. No, nah, I get that. Do you think there's any weight though to like? the philosophy talk like you know like it's very modern like it's very like yeah man what's your philosophy or whatever whatever do you think there's any weight to that like is that something or is that just something that's just like flavor of the month do you know what nah, I mean? you like know. Oh, this guy's coming and he plays this way oh okay no nah, it's a big thing man it's a big thing and i think the, the thing is it always has been even to even if you go back 20 years ago it was always that um you know Oh, no, let me not even think about let me not even think about Premier League here. Let's go, let's go La Liga for example. So you look like um people like Frank Frank Reichard at Barcelona and why he was brought in initially. Do you know what I mean? Um Barcelona have a particular way of playing football and then what did they go and do? They went and went and copped Ronaldinho, for example. They already had uh, Javier Saviola there, they already had uh, Javi Hernandez there. 
you know, Xavi Hernandez there. Um, you, you know, they already had uh, proper players that could play a particular way, but they said, no, we have to get a manager that understands our way of playing football. You know, um, so it's always been there and it always will be, but it just depends on how good of a side you are or what kind of stature your club is at. So if you are, a, let's say, a struggling side, then in terms of playing good football, good football, playing good football is not your priority at this point. It's surviving. What what get what gets you results is being solid. And you know it's that old saying, defence, you know, attack gets you goals, but defence wins you games. Mm. Do you, you know what I mean? So it it really, really does come to that point where you've got to consider if you if you're an owner, you're looking at who you're going to bring in to your club. You're like, okay, fine. This is where we're at the moment. Um, this is where we need to get to. So if you are on the top side and maybe, you know, it's, it's gone bad or whatnot, you've had a bad run of results come the end of the season, you just kind of say, you know, what, I'm going to pull the plug. It's start next season. This is the direction that we need to go in. Mm. If you are top side, you're going to bring in someone that probably has a forward thinking way of playing football. That that's going to that's going to be top of your priority list. Um, whether mm. that's playing down on the ground or playing around the back, depending on what the club culture is, that's going to be your priority. But if you are struggling side, you're going to be looking at getting someone in that's going to come in, make you guys sort of create a foundation, and then go forward. Even if that, even if it's even if it's interim and it's like maybe a two years or whatever it is, and you just know that fine, we're gonna get someone in to keep keep us on the ground, keep us in the Premier League, pretty much like Palace now. What they did with Hudson, Hudson, I don't know if he was any younger, whether he'd still be there now, but you know that's another that's another argument. But <laughs> you, you look at Vieira now coming in, and look at the players that he's now brought in. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? So he's coming at the start of the season. Um, he's had preseason. He sat down. He's assessed all the plays. You see people like Gary Cahill out the door. You know. You know. Quite, he's, by the he, way, by the way, quality centre back. So yeah, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Quality, like, one of he, one of your club. One of your club. You know. One of your club. Hey, listen, listen. Guys. I'm not even here. To, I'm not even here to cuss. Gary Cahill. <laughs> Gary Cahill. For for you know he stints. He stint at Bolton at Villa to obviously coming to us. You know, great player. You know, I wouldn't say he's legendary status, but he's obviously had a really good career. And I feel like he deserved more than that to, to get ousted. But again, you, forward thinking. You know, Palace mm-hmm. have been in the Premier League for however long and surviving every year for the last however many years. It's been, what, six, seven years now. It, you, you've, got, you've got to try and progress. And I know Jay mentioned the ball. They tried it then and it didn't work. And they cut. The, they said, nope, we're going back to what, What's going to keep us in for Ooh, now? That when H- was, that, was that when who came in after Hudson? Hudson, yeah, was it Hudson or was it or who? Was it Pardew? Was it Pardew? No, I think Pardew, no, yeah. I think I think Pardew was there before the ball, and then hmm. Hudson came in. I, I, well, I don't know if anyone can confirm really. Quickly, Either way, yeah, yeah, like, fact yeah. Check, yeah, but yeah, it's basically just that. So that, that's what I'm saying. So it really just depends. Um, or where your club is at in terms of stature and whatnot, for you to even consider, you know, playing attack, attacking philosophy or defensive one, it just depends. But mm. it, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. Because I'm thinking also about I, I obviously I got close, obviously connection and ties looking at Aston Villa as well. And I look at the situation they were in. Yeah, they went through managers. Yeah, obviously the owners pulled out. Randy Learners pulled out 
of Aston Villa. He, pu- he pumped in a lot of money. Then he realised it's not as profitable as he thought it was. He relinquished a lot of money, took money out, sold players. And at that point, the managers that was coming in, Martin O'Neill obviously walked because he saw the writing was on the wall. And then all of a sudden, in walks this slew of managers, Alex McLeish and Remy Gard and Gerard Houllier and Steve Bruce. And it's like, each one of these guys is just shifting. Like, they don't really have a style of or a way of playing. And they just couldn't connect. They couldn't connect to... The players, and you could see players, Gabriel Von Lahore, I know Michael Richards was around during those times, and the merry-go-round of players and managers and whatever. And it's all because there was no structure, there was no sort of set direction of what was going on. And obviously, when they appointed now Dean Smith, who and Villa were struggling, do you know what I mean? Mm. Villa were like, I think, eighth from bottom when Dean Smith took over in the championship, so they weren't doing well. But he came in and he actually had his philosophy and he said, you know what. I'm just going to play this way. This is how we're going to play. And you could see within about two weeks, two, three weeks, you're like, wow, what a difference it makes to actually pass a move. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, and especially when you're playing in the championship, if you're playing in the championship and you're, and you can pass the ball and you can move, it's going to look like a million dollars, obviously. Do you get what I'm saying? 100%. It's going to look sick. That's why Norwich, yeah, that's why Norwich keep coming up and then getting back down. It's why it was the same it. thing with Wigan. Wigan obviously was coming up and is kind of teetering on the edges because if they they too they were too good for the championship at a time. But with Aston Villa, when Dean Smith has come in, Dean Smith's come in, chosen his philosophy. But obviously, here's where the other side comes in. At a certain point, when he got to the Premier League, now you look at how much Villa have spent. You know, this they've pretty, <laughs> they pretty much it. had to go on bankroll and say, you know what? No, we need to go and back this manager with the funds. So I do feel like, yeah, if he was just going straight off of our uh, just, yeah, my philosophy will get me through. Don't know, because at a certain point he had to turn around and say it. But initially is what I'm saying. Initially, when he's come in, he hasn't said, I'm going to play to the strength of what these guys are doing. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He's come in with his own ideas and said, this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to push for. But can I ask a question though? Looking at the Villa squad at the time that he took over, would you say that they were underachieving with the with the calibre of players you had in that squad, though? Just, just that, in your opinion, yeah, that is a good that is a good point. I would say yeah, definitely because, but I, but then you see me the way I look at football, I feel like professional footballers should be able to pass the ball. Do you get what? And that sounds like rocket science <laughs> to a lot of people, but professional footballers should be able to pass the ball five yards. What are half the drills that these guys do? Half the drills are simulate, well, allegedly do. Yeah. It's half of the drills are just pass and move, pass and move, pass and move. They get to game day and it's like they weren't doing it. So for me, yeah, definitely they were underachieving. But some of just the basic principles, I guess what actually does happen is when managers come in and actually do specific stuff, not just on shape, because you know a lot of coaches come in and it's just about defensive shape and whatever. When you can actually see moves being built up, when you Mm. can actually see that this stuff is, every player looks calm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Even when even even um even when they're under the cosh and they're still doing it. So yeah, I would say he did come in and those players, you know, he didn't find absolute rubbish there. There were players there he could build a side with, definitely. Okay. Point taken. Fair enough. But he but he's he's a weird one because now now when you when you look at if, if another manager was to go into another club, do you know what I mean? At that championship level, let's say they're not playing progressive style they're going to play the defensive style do you know i don't know if that that type of manager gets the same time do you know what i mean if you're going to go in there and you're not going to play the progressive way how do players who maybe are more pass and move how do they kind of react in that way 
it's it's mad because like if we're talking the championship here, predominantly the championship they they're very much based on trying to stay in games rather than go in to try and dominate games. That that's that's my that's my overall mm. sort of depiction of what I feel the championship league is, which is why it's so competitive because you know people are getting done by defensive defensive mistakes a lot of the time, right? Um, but they're not out trying to play an all-round flowing attacking game, which is why you, you were right in saying, you know, the teams that know how to get the ball down and actually play and pass and move are predominantly the ones that do really well. I think at this point in time, I know actually results yesterday may have changed it, but Fulham were top of the league. Um, mm. At the start of the week, I think they actually dropped points the weekend, so I think they might have gone down to second. But again, Fulham are struggling side last season all of a sudden they're doing well in the championship. Do you, do you know what I mean? And then you've got Bournemouth under under um under you know they um what what's his name? Parker. What, mm. what's his what's his first yeah, name? Scott I mean, Parker. Scott Parker, there <laughs> Scott we go. Parker, yeah. I mean, you've forgotten his name there. I was gonna call him David Parker, my my old boss's name. <laughs> mad. But yeah, Scott Parker, yeah. Um Bournemouth, the Bournemouth fans love him all of a sudden, you mm. know, because they are getting results playing his way. You know, so it's it's one of those, and it, you know, it's very, very much um, context, contextual based. Um, this mm. particular, this particular argument here, because you can apply so many different facets to so many different scenarios. But for the most mm. part, if you're playing in lower leagues, the, if you're more technical on the ball, you'll always trump those, uh, trump the other teams because they're never going to be as great on the ball. And Mark, yeah. I'll go back to your point that yeah, footballers should know how to pass, but footballers when when they're in training when they've been giving passing passing goal drills and all the rest of it they're only going to be as good as how good they also press so mm. if you've got defensive players here yeah, that are also trying to go and press man on the ball and all the rest of it and can't do it well their man on the ball passing around them are always going to look good so when it comes mm. to game day when when there's a bit of pressure and then they you know passing balls wayward and all the rest of it then yeah they're going to look bad but it, it just because they're only ever as good as what how good the team is, so you got up the levels. Um, mm. That always that always comes down to the manager or, or head coaches or coach or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, mm. very mm. interesting points. Very interesting because I feel like you, you you touched on that, Kofi. Like there's this turning point with certain teams, and I think you 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 also touched on this, Marky, as well. There's a turning point with some of these teams, and I was thinking just as you were talking there, Kofi, about like your Swansea's, your Wigan's, your Bournemouth's, mm. and these these sides that come up. And they come up very much with an idea of how they want to play football. It's not really a manager thing either, or a coach thing, because we saw it at Swansea, we saw Martinez, we saw Rodgers, we saw different types of mm-hmm. coaches go in there and they have to play a certain type of way. Like, obviously, that's that's from the top, but it obviously works well with them and they make their, their little tweaks and whatnot. But you get to a certain point, where I think with Bournemouth, I thought we, we we were almost getting to a side who came up playing that expansive way of football and could sustain it. But then it obviously got to a point where their recruitment was just off. So at some, at some point, you have to make the right decisions about how to continue this way of playing football. If you're going to do that and you're going to be open, you're going to be expansive, you're going to have that philosophy of how you want to be progressive, like your recruitment has to match. Everything has to match. The coach has to match. The players have to match. Like Everyone has to buy into it. The fans have to buy into it. Otherwise, you're going to get to that point where, you know, the fans now are like, well, 
this is petered out now. So what are we doing? And I guess that's... Well. Sorry, sorry. To... Go on, bro. No, no, go on, go on, go on. I was going to say as well, the other thing as well, in terms of recruitment, as well as the, the smaller sides as well, like Bournemouth, it's also when they get picked off for those players that are able to play that way as well by the bigger sides. So they come up, they play a certain way, um, and the bigger sides that are also playing that way as well, or the more expensive sides, bigger sides that are playing that way, look at those players and think, all right, let's let's go for this guy at, at Bournemouth, like Nathan Aki or even Ryan Fraser that that left Bournemouth as well. And when small when the smaller teams get picked off that don't have necessarily the finances to replace um as effectively as what they had before, that can also cause a problem for mm. for those teams as well. And that's something that's to true. consider as well. Yeah. So if, yeah, so if a manager, yeah, it's true. If a manager's a manager's coming in and contending with all of that, and then be be faced with a choice like what? So we knock this long because we're it's long because you know sometimes I'm not gonna lie to you. I've watched it and I see it like when Aston Villa were rubbish and I used to go up there and watch them. And um, you know, at the moment, and I remember it was Barry Bannon used to get on the ball, yeah. And oh, Barry Bannon man. is a very, very Technical. techie baller. Yeah, right? he is. He is. <laughs> How he was trying to play, bro. Every time he picked up that ball, it was stress. It was absolute stress. And the fans were going <laughs> mental. Pass the ball, pass the ball. And I'm like, bro, just relax. Like, relax. Mm. Let him do his thing. He could open up the team. But it's like, and then you get caught in between. And that's why it's like, for me, I will say... Whichever one you do, you must do, yeah? So you can't say that you're going to say, this is our philosophy, but I'm going to pick this guy who doesn't really suit, you know, the team. You, you, you've got to choose. It's either you say, you know what? We're playing the ball on the deck. You can't play on the deck. You're not playing. Or you do the other one. Because when you have this mix of players, yeah, this is where the problem is. Because I watched it. Like, Barry Banner was probably the most technical, technically gifted guy. But in the side that was hoofing it, he just looked absolutely yeah. awful on the ball. It was peak, bruv. He was picking up the ball, yeah, looking up, taking a couple of touches and then getting like, let's say, for example, his pass didn't work. Cause, and also, this is the big thing, movement off the ball as well was terrible at that mm. time. It was terrible. he pick up the ball, look, look, nobody's doing anything. And then it's like the fans get onto you and stuff. So I feel like, yeah, whichever one you choose, you got to really go there with your whole chest, any coach, any manager, and obviously, the fans have to buy into it. I'll I, I tell you what, I'll give you one team where that fits what you just said, Mark. Um, and it's not in, in the in the English English um, leagues. Atletico Madrid and Diego Simeone, is a, mm. I think, is a good example of someone who's gone there and said, this is me, this is what we're doing. There's no ifs or no buts. We're not going to play. Actually, the typical, um, you know, Spanish way of yeah. playing. We're going to be rock solid. We're going to get into our shape. There's going to be lots of running. <laughs> um, and if and actually, you see the club sometimes try to purchase some players to Atletico Madrid and try and you know force them upon force them upon Diego Simeone. And all that happens <laughs> is that they end up selling selling the players. <laughs> you know? um, because he's not have, he's not having it. He's not having mm. it. He's not having it. He's not letting anything disrupt. Um, yeah. This philosophy he has, What's which is the certain, Portuguese like, boy. What's the Portuguese boy's Felix. name? Jou, Jou, Felix. They purchased him for what? Um, T, tell me, it was 120 mil. Or 120 like that? mil. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's he's just on the bench. Like he, he's he's not got a guaranteed starting place for someone who costs 120 mil. 
and the, the, the only league of champions. Yeah, and that's it. Um, Lamar went there, and he's had to fit in. Like he weren't playing, he's had now had time, to fit boy. in. Yeah, mm. before he got into the side. Um, so yeah, there's an example of someone who's gone in there. Um, and said, right, this is the philosophy. This is how we're playing, guys. If you don't fit in, it's not working. Said to the club as well. If it doesn't work, if, if you bring me this play, if he's not going to play the way I'm going to play, then he's not going to play. Um, and the, and the club. <laughs> Fully enough, accept it. Um, yeah, as I said, there's players, loads of players. Carrasco as well is another one. Went there. You know, Carrasco was a player that loves to dribble, hold on to the ball, try and dribble past man. Man cut out, cut out of his game. That's a yeah. <laughs> now <he's> back. <laughs> you know I mean? um, That's it. You know, um, there's another team as well, Hatafe in the Liga. Borderlands, uh, mm. same thing, and he. He actually guided them to fifth place and they lost top four on the last day, I think, in 2019. Mm. And it was the same thing. 4-4-2, solid, um, no spaces, very compact. Um, and, and, you know, again, I think, you know, that there was, you know, in, in Liga, they, people were like, oh, you know, the way they play. He just stuck to it um, and he got them into, into Europe. Um, so, yeah, just coming off of your point, I think that, yeah, you, you, if you decide to go one way or the other, you've the ownership's got to not flinch basically and back there, back that guy or back that way or that process, shall we say? Mm, I hear that yeah. still. Cool. All right, cool. So what about this now? Let's 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 get into it in terms of our favorite formations or whatever. Um, your favorite formation or your favorite style of play? Um, obviously. Let's just do this freestyle, free format way. Obviously, we always have these debates in our WhatsApp group. <laughs> we always have it about, you know, the right. And is there a right and wrong way to play football, in your opinion? Is there a right and wrong way to play? Like, what's your favourite formations? But more importantly, is there a right or wrong way to play? Me, I say no. because, But I know that the majority of football fans will say there is a right way and a wrong way to play football. Obviously, the right way being to play on the ground, to, you know, be more progressive um, on the front foot and whatever. And um, the wrong way being to sit back and try and nick something and stuff like that. But yeah, what do you guys think about if there's a right and wrong way to play football? Um, just in general, just your opinion kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think there's a wrong way to play. Huh? I don't think I don't think there's a wrong way to play. I know you're surprised. You didn't you didn't expect that. <laughs> no, no, it's T. It's T. I know T. T believes there's a right or wrong way. So I'm just waiting for Why him me. to come. Why T, me? T, Why <laughs> For me, um, I think there's there's a difference between being functional and between a wrong way of playing. Like, I, I don't I don't want to see ten man on the goal line. I don't want to see six six man at the back, four man in midfield. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see part. I don't want to see man parking the bus, coach, forklift, truck, whatever. I don't want to see any of that. No, 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 no. Like, okay, I hear it because obviously, you know, you man know. Obviously, I support Liverpool and whatever. Like right now, Klopp, it's a mixed bag. Some games where you or most games you got Van Dijk switching the ball, or you know, there's there's, there's second ball, second ball wins, duels, whatever. We just get it in how, how we need to get it in. It's a very functional way of playing. I'm not. I'm not against that, 
Um, and I don't mind seeing that because sometimes actually the organisation rigidness, um, you know, for example, Chelsea now, I wouldn't say Chelsea are the most expansive side, but I really like mm. watching them because because they're dogged. You can't get behind Chelsea. You can't penetrate them. Who, regardless, like right now, they're, they're looking formidable. So, but but they're not playing 10 men behind the ball. Do you know what I'm saying? For me, I don't I don't want to see that because I'm 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 watching football to be entertained. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um so I guess it depends on, on, on what you're watching football for. If you're watching football to just win the game, you know, listen, I don't care about how we do it, whatever, forget the fans and all of that. Cause you're because at, at the end of the day, people are investing in, in going to watch football, whether you're paying a subscription or whether you're paying to, to, to go and watch the games. I ain't trying to see man, you know dying on the line and all of that no 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 no. i'm trying to see man try i'm trying to see i'm trying to see some 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 tactical nuance i'm trying to see battles between the coaches i'm trying to see um you know what i mean like little little um those battles um, that you see strategy man philosophy i'm, tr I'm trying to see though like that in that engagement within the game i'm trying to see for example you know earlier we watched chelsea um, versus spurs, or spurs versus chelsea sorry and um straight away we saw Tuchel and he Tuchel see the issue with the midfield and all right okay cool Kante's going in there the game completely switched Chelsea win the game 3-0 so, so what's your formation and say your form what's your favorite formation just pick one your favorite favorite are you 4-4-2 4-3-3 what's your yeah, what's four, your go-to like 4-3-3 four, four, three, three. Three. yeah 4-3-3 man 4-3-3 I like okay. that I like that 4-3-3 three, three for me and you know obviously like I said I'm, I'm Liverpool through and through that's done us well um, but yeah, for, for me, um, all, all kind of bias aside, I really like the the wide forward play. I really like the the advancement in the wide forwards coming into the game and, and, and getting goals, man. Because because what you're seeing now is tactical nuance and and, and you're seeing shifts and in innovation within the game. And uh, for mm. me, like I've always loved wing play, stretch the game, get the ball wide. But now adding goals into it as well for me, yeah, I love it. So four three three for me. Yeah, four three three, cool. Jay, what's yours? My formation. Favourite formation, or... yeah. Favourite formation. formation. Favourite formation. Okay. So, my favourite formation is 4-4-2 Diamond. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's not the most expansive, but what I do like is, obviously, with that extra midfielder in midfield, you've, you've got a level of control. Um in the midfield um, and, you know, um, you have your two shutters or your two box-to-box -box guys, your defensive mid or your Registo, depending on what type of diamond you're going for, and then your attacking mid who plays behind um, your two forwards. Um, and what I like about the diamond is the way that it can, funnily enough, merge into different other formations as well, given the plays that you have. So I feel like for example, you can you can have the defensive mid dropping deep into and split the centre backs in half, and then push your your full backs into wing back position and actually have like a a four a three four three or yeah. um, you know what I mean like um, or three five two. Um, so the fact that you can keep changing formations like that, I know that it kind of <laughs> tricks the question per se, but. I like how it can be fluid. There's obvious obvious weaknesses um, to the four four two diamond, but I think if you've got the right players, um, 
in the formation, if you, if you really target the right players, the right place, it's a really formidable one. Um, and one that we've seen um, some top teams employ mm. in one way or another. Because if you, if you have a four four two diamond, you kind of have to play with wing backs, like you're saying. Like I, I, yeah. the way that system works best is when you've got wing backs, because it's going to be narrow. That that diamond is going to mm-hmm. be quite compact, and mm-hmm. so you're going to need to play with <laughs> with a left back mm-hmm. and a right back that's ready to fly yeah. forward, yeah. and a defensive midfielder that's ready to, like you said, drop in beha- between the centre halves. Because yeah, otherwise, it's peak. <laughs> yeah, you you're going to get overloaded need... in wide areas. Yeah, you need precise, precise. You need to be precise with the players that you have. You can't just drop it in there with like any any players. Like um, you need you need the players for it. But I think one, if you have got the players for it, then it can be really formidable when it's um, and it can morph into different systems and different formations from there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, Kofi. What's your your formation, your your favorite formation. You know, it's a bit of a weird one because I'm a, I'm an old fan favorite of the four four two. However, however, um, I want to go for an attacking four three three. So it's kind of it's kind of shaped as a four two three one with two sixes, but it's essentially two advanced wingers, uh, two really really advanced wingers, but with a ten as well in behind the striker. Um, that that's my preferred one anyway, um, because if you think about having a double six and then the ten, um, and then you've got f- essentially three forwards, mm. it is re- it, it makes for a really 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 attacking attacking um, formation anyway. Um, that's just mine personally, and um, and in this case, probably having more conservative fullbacks. Um, mm. as well um, that's my preferred one because if you're going to go that attacking up, up top then you're going to have to have a bit of a rigid base at the back but um, that's my preferred one and that's pretty much based on um, funny enough Jose Mourinho's Chelsea when he first came um, kind of I know I know Lampard wasn't a 10 necessarily but um, yeah Wait, one pretty second, much was with the, yeah the amount of goals the amount of goals that he even scored yeah the amount of goals that Frank Lampard scored in that position to get what I'm trying to say you pretty much could have called him pretty much could have called him a ten pretty much do you know what I mean because he 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 scored a lot of goals late runs into the box of course obviously he's playing as an eight but he wasn't really I mean he wasn't the greatest midfielder midfielder if you know what I mean that's why he didn't work too well in a in a two. In the in the centre, he didn't work too well in the two in the centre midfield. So you probably could he could pass as a ten. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, personally, that's that's what I'd go for. Um, mm. But well, do you see what about the profile of the two the two the two midfielders? Because obviously nowadays you see like we play double pivot. I hate the term, but we use it. It's, anyway, it's mad. Pivot. It's mad. It's mad. But you know it's what? Overused. It is overused, but you know what you know. You know what it is. I feel like it's again. It's, it's something that's always been there as well. So you look at Arsenal's uh, one of Arsenal's old teams, right? You look at the um, '98 Arsenal Arsenal squad, for example, um, which had um, both Vieira and Petit Petit in the middle of the park as 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 a two centre midfielders, but they essentially sort of dovetailed. Uh, you know, with one another in the mid in the middle of the park, and then you had your two wingers in mm. either Ray Parler. It was basically Ray Parler at the time before Lumber came in. Ray Parler and then Overmars on the sides, and then you had Dennis Bergkamp 
you know, as a support striker, uh, you know, to, to Anelka, who was the more advanced forward. So again, it's very, very similar to, in, in terms of how that worked for them, it was very, very similar to the sort of shape that I was describing, you know, mm. but, but on paper, it's a full four two. So yeah. it's really, so it's, so it's really weird. It, it just depends on the type of instructions. And in this case, the makeup of player that you have to be able to carry out certain positions. So like basically like what Jay yeah. was saying, um, with yeah. the narrow foot for, um, narrow diamond, you need to have specific yeah. players um, yeah. for a particular shape for it to work the way that you want it to. So, yeah. The key thing as well, in a four-two-three-one for me, in a four-two-three-one, you can't, you don't really expect crosses from your, nah. your wide men. They're looking to cut in and shoot. You expect your crosses, like you say, again, from your fullbacks in that system. Like, they, if they do go forward or whatever, they're going to be crossing. But the, a lot of because you know, 4 2 3 1, a lot of the times the, the two guys are inverted. You know, they're kind of inverted and you've got this forward and they might do the interplay. But the crossing, you know, it's not, those guys are not always wingers in a 4 2 3 1, if you know what I mean. They, they might be fast, but they're not necessarily got the profile of a straight winger oh. who's looking to set up a lot of oh. goals. Or you look at, or you look at Bayern Munich, and you look at someone mm. like a Goretzka in a mm. in a DM position who breaks forwards from that position to get mm. goals. So again, mm. as long as you've got, as long as you you you're a coach and you instruct one of those sitting midfielders to actually break off in attacking phases to be the extra man in the box, then a wide player actually now has is it two or three players to actually hit in the box, especially if mm. the other winger from the other side actually comes in as well, you know. Mm. So it's always better to have three than two. Once you've got mm. an option of three in the box, now you now you now you can actually do your thing. Uh, yeah, but when yeah. it's two, uh, it's it's mad. It's mad what what the it's mad what a difference one player actually makes. But it, it really really does. You see mm. it in games when you watch it. So yeah, yeah, it depends, man. So for me, my my formation is a four four two. Um, I love the four four two. To be honest, um, although it's like some people say it's a bit of an outdated formation, but I feel like a lot of the best sides defend in a four four two formation. Two two banks of four, and you usually there's just no gaps. And I I love it when it's like four. It's a flat four four two, and I like one of basically. I don't really like the DM thing. It's cool. It's new. That it's nowadays recording DMs and that. And obviously, I guess you need it with with the you know the speed of the play now. But for me, I don't mind playing with two box-to-box midfielders in there. I don't really mind that, to be honest. One more attacking and one more defensive, or if they both go up, I don't mind that too much. And I do like wingers. I love I love wingers. Like I love old-fashioned wingers, um, but who's smart? Do you know what I mean? They're smart. They're not just going to always go down the outside. Sometimes they'll actually run on the inside of the defenders and stuff. So I like four 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 two is my favourite. But I love strike partnerships. For me, yeah. anyway, some of the best moments I've had is watching, you know, your Dwight Yorks and your Andy Coles and whoever. And who, you know what I mean? It's like, for me, the strike partnerships are sick. And, and I think, do you know what? That's actually probably what makes me like, I don't know, it's completely different. It's not Dwight York and Andy Coles, nowhere near that. But that's why I like watching Burnley sometimes is because the way that they are able to exist in this Premier League, you know, and survive, and they are just surviving, but the way they're able to survive and pull off scalps by playing... Do you know what I mean? Straight the straight four four two. Obviously, they don't have you know it's not box to box midfielders. It's Ashley Westwood who's pretty much a sitting midfielder. But I like four four two. I like strike partnerships. Do you know what I mean? Um, I know now it's like one forward or no forward or whatever. But for me, I'm just 
classic like that. That's my favourite 4-4-2. Um, sometimes when a 4-4-2 comes up against a 4-3-3, it can be quite techy because, they, you know, unless unless you're... Who, which, unless one of your four strikers, especially if you play with two strikers up front, yeah, unless one of the, if one of those strikers drops into midfield, then it's cool, but that's not their natural position. So naturally, yeah. they're not going to come back and press as much as they, you know, probably would like to and stuff like that. But I feel like attacking-wise and defensively, I like the four-four-two shape to be honest, because defensively, we talk about Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid love that. They love dropping into the four-four-two, two banks of four. They let you have it wide. They let you have it wide. Cross it <laughs> all day, all day long. Cross, cross, cross. They'll clear it. T, you know, you're laughing. You know. Bro, that's why I'm <laughs> laughing. I experienced that first time. We're, we're about to experience it again. It just gritted it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and also, it's like for me, so the perfect side for me, tactics-wise and all that, is that Arsenal Invincible side. For me, that's... Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that's that's a bit of me. I'll tell you that for a fact. Can go back to front very quickly. Can defend when they need to defend. The wide men are wide. You know what I'm trying to say. And mm. players, it's not like because nowadays it's like you know everyone's so specialist. Guy, like, you know he he really needs to be on his left foot or he really needs to kind of run onto this or whatever. Whereas like I like the four four two because it's like listen, you got to be a good baller. If you can't play, yeah. you can't play. That's it. Yeah. You know, and you, it's none of this. You got to protect someone. Yeah. yeah, and you get found out more in, in that formation as well. It's very, very oh. again one to one, basically yeah. based. Like you, you are required to think. And if you don't play well, oh, people will see it. Yeah, that's straight it. Away. Straight away. That's straight it. Away. So I know that people side, say that nowadays, but yeah, go on, go on, T. That side, that side was was the Arsenal side was so good because. I think the best attribute of that side is that they could think for themselves. So yeah. it was completely adaptable. So it was like, oh, we're under the cosh a little bit. Fine. Okay. We'll drop and, you know, we can soak it up and we can counter attack. Or we're going to dominate the ball and we're going to be attractive and we're going to play and we're going to slice you open. And it's easy for them. They can do it. And then also what, what I really liked about that, about that side was um, like, I think actually what we saw was was proper innovation there because Perez and Lungba got a crazy amount of goals, crazy mm. amount of goals. Like, mm. and the way Perez used to used to cut in off the left, that's obviously something that we've seen managers build up build off of. You know, now we see that what but I, I don't know who who would have come after that. Maybe Jose, maybe Jose mm. when when he had Duff and Robin. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But. Those two guys, Pires and Lundberg, that was the start for me of some serious innovation because the way they used to get goals, but never never caught out of position though, still holding the yeah. team shape. But they used their mind. They, they they used like the intelligence. Okay, yeah, this is a time where I can attack the box or back back post or link up with the strikers and these sorts of things. And that's where I love that formation as well because it's so adaptable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's key, man. It's yeah. key. Cool. Yeah, go on, Jay. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to add in a little bit. I know, like, I've got a bit of slack about talking about Gerard and whatnot last week. Nah. But actually, when I thought about the 442 <laughs> Diamond, um, the team that I thought of was that, that was it 2013, 2014 Liverpool? Mm. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and they played it. Sorry, Suarez, Gerard, Henson. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, All of them. Sterling and I, I thought, yeah, they they got what like over a hundred goals that season, and I know like obviously, it's a season, shame, isn't it? 
Pardon? They conceded a lot, though. They conceded a lot. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like an authentic four four two diamond, but I was just thinking the Premier League who's the last team I, I watched it and they they played that. They conceded a lot, but they scored a lot of goals as well themselves and, and they mm. created some some good moments, particularly Suarez and Sturridge up front, like I wouldn't say that was the best brilliant. moment of the season, but you know. <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> but I, I really oh, appreciate wow. that attempt on the diamond. Just, oh, just so you know, I, I really appreciate it. Liverpool <laughs> 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 no, really fans, oh. we're sorry. We're sorry, I'm not, not sorry. sorry. I'm not sorry, sorry, bro. Listen, I'm sorry, man. You see that? You see when Gerard slipped, yeah? It's like I said this before. It was like that's one of the best, my best football memories, to be honest. That's literally that was one of the best moments of my life, footballing wise. That was so, that was so satisfying, honestly. Oh, but, but honestly, key. honestly, I like, it was good because I remember, I think, that season, I remember before Liverpool played Arsenal, I think, at Anfield, um, Mark, you were like, oh, who, who, who's going to win out of this game? And I was very bullish uh, in the group chat. <laughs> I was very bullish too, if you remember. I was saying, yeah, no, Arsenal yeah, going to win. I, I was slandering big time. And what happened? <laughs> we got slapped 5-0. And I, I was speaking to Kofi about it the other day. I was saying, that was generally the first time when I was... I thought, rah, there's been a change here. Like Liverpool are clearly head and, head and shoulders above Arsenal at the moment. Like they proper slapped us like in that game. It was it was a sorry sack. So despite like yeah. all the problems that you might have had with the way that you you played and ultimately didn't get get what you want, um, <laughs> there was there was there was some. I can't say there was some great moments, but I mean, there's other teams as well that I played the diamond that I've been, I've been played it very well as well. Hey, like, that season, that season fills me with so much joy, bro. I'm sorry, J Man, but I'm sorry, I just have to double that. <laughs> that season, <laughs> that season see, you remember, fills me with so much joy. See, you remember when you, you remember the group trying it? I was very bullish there, bro. I remember everything. I remember everything. <laughs> you slapped us. That day, that that day, something something switched in you. I like I like switched off. <laughs> Alexis, <laughs> bro. I know for sure. I know it was because sure. I'm not I'm not usually like that, but I don't know. Was that um was that around the time when when Brodie said forty million? Why are they smoking? Is it that was it, that was that was the yeah? So that was the summer prior. So no, I think the, yeah, it was that. So that's that's what started off, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was the Sterling thing as well, where Sterling wanted to was potentially looking at Arsenal and Brodie. Yeah, and excited about Arsenal not being a big club. Yeah, all that, all that, man. Yeah, all that, all that was key. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Okay, cool. So let's let's obviously round out just on on your 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 least your your least favorite formation, your least favorite formation that that you just think, oh, this is not this is not a bit of me, or you can't see. I'll go first for me. Although I see teams do really well with it, I don't like three five two. It's not it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. It's just because I'm a four four two guy. I find it difficult sometimes. That it takes a lot of adaptation for players. You need to have the wide men who are you know they they they're not always, they don't always have to be the greatest of defenders. Um, you need your centre back to be good. Defending wide when you play through it, but I don't like through at the back anyway. But when you play through at the back, 
you need your you need so sometimes some teams will play with one one full back in there because of course the way to foil the three at the back is to play it down the sides of the center halves because that's where they don't like to defend they like to defend in their own box they don't like to defend out wide um sometimes it's like because you have wing backs sometimes they're good at running but they're not always got the quality sometimes They've not always got the quality sometimes to kind of manage it. And you know, like sometimes where you have pairs, so like in a in a 4-3-3, you have pairs. You get the ball, you're the fullback. You pass it down the line to one of the central midfielders. Then you pass it down the line to one of the like left left um, wing or the right wing or whatever. But when you play in a 3-5-2, sometimes everything's got to go through the middle. Everything gets congested in the middle. So yeah, for me, that's why I would say 3-5-2 is probably, ugh, it's not my favourite um, formation. And, some, and then also, that strike partnership doesn't always work because oftentimes they play three five two. They don't play two strikers that complement themselves. They <laughs> they play two hungry strikers who's just going to compete against each other. So for me, um, yeah, three five two is my least favorite. Okay, no, fair enough. Um, all I say in mind is probably say the five four one actually because it's just so blocky and so negative it is borderline <laughs> disgusting and usually it turns it from a 5-4-1 when it gets when it gets really techy and the pressure is really being powered on it turns to, into a 6-3-1 and we've seen that in the Premier League as well that's the that's the true definition of park the bus or park trucks park a parking lot I don't even know like whatever sayings there are but it, that is ultimately disgusting I hate it with a passion, I can't. If I if I sat down and watched a football game and I saw a team playing that, I'd borderline just want to even switch off, switch off the television, <laughs> or even break the screen because what what kind of life is that? Well, you know, <laughs> as, you, you've taken we 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 as fans have taken our time out of our lives, the the one life that we live to sit down and watch that this nonsense. No, we can't do it. I'm sorry. So that so that that for me. Yeah, that cool. one takes the biscuit. You're five four one. Cool, Jay. What's yours? Your your worst um, formation. It's it's like it's like Kofu is in my head because you know what? Yeah, I choose a five four one, and it's because the other day, uh, um, what's his name? Did it? What's that? What's this fellow Arsenal? Oh, Mikel Arteta. That's his name. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, yeah, Dates by City. He he employed that, and I just, you know. Going back to, is there any wrong way to play? I don't think there's a wrong way to play because it's ultimate results, you know, uh, results business. But if you place, I feel like with the five four one being so negative and so defensive. Well, let me not say the word negative. So defensive, yeah. If you don't win, if you play that formation oh, and you don't win, you've left. Awesome. You've just like, as a fan, you've left me with a bad taste. Like you've you've left me with nothing. There's nothing to. Uh, get out of it at all. Like, do you get what I'm saying? It's not like you attacked um, or tried to attack and lost or you even tried to be um, balanced or um, whatever. But it's just, it's just pure, pure, pure defence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just pure defence. Also, I don't like seeing, like, you know, you have a lone striker who's up top and he's got no support. Isolated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. And he's isolated. And I'm just thinking, wrong. Right. Against three centre-backs. Against three centre-backs. Oh, and the striker's not quick. Especially if uh, the striker's not quick. Yeah. You know when teams have a finisher up front? So they, he's not even quick. He's not big. 
and he's not yeah. quick. He's just a yeah. finisher. Yeah. So yeah. like his touch was not his hold up plays all right, and it's bare annoying because yeah. you'll see him. They'll kick the ball up to him. He might have one good touch, and then one person starts running. But as he's running, it's only him. Everyone yeah. else is chilling at the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know what? Can I just say that was Newcastle one point with Jolinton, You know. I tell you, it's mad. <laughs> Joe Linton, the goalkeeper. That guy's an extra goalkeeper on the pitch, man. I'm telling you, man. Uh, anyway, but um, yeah, it's just it's just a lack in attack. Um, I feel like as a fan, however you look at football, like it doesn't have to necessarily be tick attack or, or zones or whatever. But I mean, however you look at football, you want to be entertained one way or another. You want to see the team have a go one way or another. Um, and I feel as if when you play a five-four-one, um, basically your I what you're trying to do is either at best nick it or um, basically try not to get hammered or try not to get lo- um, try not to lose so for that yeah 5-4-1 not for me uh, cool T you, you got you got the last the final say on this worst formation yeah oh, I, I can't I can't I can't um, I can't go with a 5-4-1 even though that that point, Jay, um, that you mentioned with the one up top, it just disgusts me. It just disgusts <laughs> yeah. me, brother. I can't stand that. Um, I think for me, actually, mine's not too far off, but five three two. So mm. I, I don't, I don't like five three two. And and Kofi, you just mentioned Newcastle. That's exactly where I was going with it, because <laughs> five three two, um, it doesn't. It needs to be in perfect harmony if you're going to deploy it. But a lot of the time, what you have is the defence operating in a flat silo, and then you have the three operating in a yeah. flat silo, and then the two, you know, and then there's nothing moving together. So you're not moving up the pitch together or moving back. It's everyone's just doing their own thing. And then for me, it's just horrible, bro, because a lot of the time, the two, they get isolated. There's no support from the midfield. Often, the, the, the midfielders are too far away from, from the two, so... It's choreographed. If you're trying to find the two up front, you got to play a long ball and guys at the back. It's, it's, it just doesn't work for me. So when I see the five three two, unless it's unless it's a specialized coach, um, and we've seen it kind of work, and it takes a lot of work. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a very difficult formation to implement. And I just when when it is deployed, I just don't like seeing it, man. It just doesn't work for me. I hear that. I hear that. So obviously it's clear now for all those listening. You know, it's very clear. And the man and don't rate the defensive tactics, ultra defensive <laughs> tactics. Yeah, I asked you at the start, I asked people at the start, but at least I just did an exercise just to get it out there. Yeah, for those listening, these man don't rate it. I rate it, but these don't, don't just, rate it. Can I just say something? I'll just put something out there. I think that when when we when we when we thought of this question, I was thinking of my answer. Like I was just thinking to myself, I don't actually for for the most part, most systems don't bother me if I'm watching um, but I do think that um, like like we said you just we need to be entertained whatever it is there needs to be some sort of entertainment value otherwise it's just for the team that's playing and, and nothing and no one else so I don't you know my thing for example like the 352 you mentioned like it's fine with me if there's a if there's like a system a way of playing which actually gets the team you know, to try and actually score some goals. <laughs> you know Italy. what I mean? Um, there we go. Um, Italy being one, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think even like a few years, um, a couple of seasons back, Leon were playing three, three, five, two as well. Um, uh, just like even loads of little teams as well, when they 
when they play these formations. I don't necessarily mind because they've got these specialised players at these teams that can carry out some of the duties quite well. So, yeah, just wanted to put it in there because you're, you're about to lump a big accusation at us. No, it's OK. No, 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 no. <laughs> you might have you've said what you said. The, they all decide. Uh, no, 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 no. I want to, I want to, I want to put in one, one other little nugget in there before we, before we round up and finish off, and then go and do whatever we've got to do and go and sleep. But um, <laughs> me personally, I like, like Jay said. I mean, the, the the game is is for us as fans, and we're here to be entertained. But we can also be entertained from the defensive phase as well. Mm-hmm. But my form of entertainment is not being saved by the system because, yeah, if this person is here, they know that, oh, someone else is behind me to back me up. So uh, if I don't go in properly or don't defend properly, I'm going to get protected and get saved and get bailed out. No. This sounds, I want like, to sounds be... like someone at Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, anyway. This is Chelsea fan talking, you know. <laughs> anyway, no, 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 this is what... Okay. No, this is definitely a Chelsea, this is definitely me speaking for speaking from my own experience as a Chelsea fan, yeah. And it works for us. Cool. But I prefer the art of defending. You see that you see the dark arts and then the you and then the actual, you know, traditional style of defending. One on one. Def- like one on one defending, proper one on one defending. Your Costa Curtis, your Maldinis, your your Nestors, and I'm t- talking about the Italians because they they were the masters at it back, mm. back in the nineties and early noughties. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the Virgils uh, as well. Yeah, uh, Virgil. He you can even put him in there because one on one defending. Please. No, Mark. On, on no no no. On the real, please. you need to watch some of his compilations. Uh, honestly, man, he has it. Please. He has it. Oh, you even please. put company in there. It's okay. But I'd please. rather see please. that and actually clap and actually say, you know what? That's brilliant defending. I'd love to say that because that's entertainment for me. Don't so, Frank, who, who, so who are you sending for? You're sending for someone. So who are you sending for? <laughs> I, I can't say. <laughs> You're sending for someone. If, if, I, if, I speak, mind. if I speak, I'm in big trouble. So <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not. We're, <laughs> this ain't the, this ain't that kind of show, mate. All right. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I definitely hear you. I definitely hear you. Obviously, players have to be able to adapt to their systems and do what they have to do. But obviously, yeah, my thing is the reason why the main reason why I always back. And I love to see it when a team can go and nick something. It's just really for the, to be honest, it's for the fan base, you know. It's mainly the fan base because, like, I've been in stadiums and that, yeah, where it's like, and just obviously watching Aston Villa and, like, you're not playing well. You're not playing well. Even times where, even with Man United, yeah, Man United go to Anfield and you're not playing well. Anfield, you know, Liverpool got all the ball. And nick that goal and celebrate in front of the fans, and then just, just ah, oh, the cell it's 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 too nice. That's why I say I don't mind when it's like you've given up ground. You said, you know what, I can't play you guys at football because on this day we're gonna get slapped. And you say to yourself, oh, okay, cool, we're gonna make it hard for you. And if we get the opportunity <laughs> from a set piece, <laughs> you're gonna pay. <laughs> that's my thing it's just from the fan perspective like if you're the fan of that team and you win like that sometimes those kind of wins can give you way more confidence do you know what I mean for the mentality what it does for the players and stuff like that Oftentimes, those type of wins help teams to go on runs whether they're in relegation battles or whether they're going for the title think about title winning teams that have had to do you know what I mean? Dig deep and grind out some three points somewhere away from home and it's just like bruv they went one nil up and they're just tired. And then they just said, you know what? He, this is what it is. So I think, yeah, we watching that week in, week out, yeah, it's not it's not going to be my favourite. It's not going to be my favourite thing to do. But where needs must, for me, there's no shame, man. 
Adapt your tactics, bro. <laughs> adapt your <laughs> tactics. Jose Mourinho, adapt your tactics, bro. Pick up your trophy. That's what you, if, if it means Samuel Eto'o has got to play left wing, yeah, and <laughs> defensive left wing, it is what it is, bro. Who's got the title? Inter or Bayern? Nah, bro. Because mm. yeah, Bayern were killing it. And he said, nope. Samuel Eto'o, left midfield, Melito up front. That's what, This is what we're doing. Schneider, you're going to sit. That's that. That's your business. That's it. So I just I feel like when it calls for it, do you know what I mean? It's got to be there. But I do agree with you, man. That you know, um, you know, you 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 do pay your money, and you know, travel. People are traveling up and down, and you're training every single day. You should be able to pass the ball five yards. It's just as simple as that, bro. I don't, I don't, and especially because playing a defensive formation doesn't necessarily that it doesn't necessarily also mean that you're defending well. It doesn't mean that you're defending. It just means you've got loads of players there. You see that with Newcastle. They've got a lot. I'm not going to name players, but you know what I mean? They've got a lot back there. And it's, you know, it's it's an interesting mix. <laughs> so, you know, um, but anyway, it is what it is, man. Do you know what I mean? Um, cool. So we'll round up there anyway. That was episode three of the Breakdown podcast. Like I say, thanks to those who's listening. Obviously, thanks to Kofi, T and Jay for joining me. Um, on the show um, thanks to those that's listening man if you are listening like I say if you're listening and you're from like a different country obviously we're, we're all we're all um, in London at the moment if you're listening for somewhere else do drop us a message man we do want to know where you're listening from um, and just like obviously if you've got any ideas or if you even want to come on and you want to say your two pence about something we're talking about um, just get in touch at the football supplement on YouTube um, and the Football Supplement on Instagram. Also, we're on Spotify as well. That's where, obviously, if you're listening to this, it's on Spotify. And if you're watching this, it's on YouTube. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with another installment of the Breakdown podcast. But for now, peace, man. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Have a good